Is it action or attitude? Matthew 5 and verse 21 is our focus next on this edition of Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse. Join us. Here in Matthew chapter 5, we have a call to action that matches our attitude. It's God's emphasis on the attitude of our hearts. Welcome to today's broadcast of Graceful Truth, the ministry of Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. Our teacher and pastor, Steve Converse, picks up here in Matthew 5 and verse 21 on this Memorial Day edition of Graceful Truth. Here's Pastor Steve. God is concerned with who we really are. He's not concerned with all this external stuff that we can layer on the outside. Um, The righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees was mainly concerned with all the external, all the ceremonies, all the ritualistic stuff, the the legalism, and all that stuff. And there's people today in churches all over the world that that's all they're concerned with. But that's not God's concern. He's always been concerned with where your heart is. In 1 Kings Chapter 8, verse 39, he says, Then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and forgive and do and give to every man according to his ways, whose heart thou knowest. For thou, even thou only, knowest the hearts of all the children of men. So you may be fooling your neighbor, you may be fooling your spouse, you may be fooling your co-worker, you may be even fooling people in the church, but you're not fooling God. Not for one second. Because God sees clearly What's in our hearts? In First Chronicles 28.9, says, Solomon, my son, thou know the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the imaginations of the thoughts. See, God is more concerned with what's on the inside of us than he is than what's on the outside. And that standard that God sets to evaluate men and women is not a standard of what we look like or how we dress or you know how many tattoos we have or lack thereof or how much hair we have or lack thereof. That doesn't matter to God. He says, what's your heart look like? Now, does that mean to say that God is not concerned with external behavior? No, He is. And He lays down some principles in His Word. But I think that He's only concerned with external behavior in as much as it's the outgrowth of an internal righteousness. For God evaluates the heart. Um, and then this need for internal righteousness, is this is kind of introductory, I know, to this segment of Matthew chapter 5, from verses 21 till the end of the chapter, because we have to understand what Jesus is trying to get across here. We have to lay down a foundation so you understand kind of what, what the Jews were thinking at the time. Well, this internal righteousness that's demanded by God, that was required by God, was really emphasized by Jesus over and over in the Sermon of the Mount, the part that we already looked at. He's been trying to say over and over to them, don't just have a purely outward religion, but an internal one, one that affects your heart. And the Jews of the day may be saying, well, this is all good. And this is fine, but how does this relate to the Old Testament? How does this relate to what our traditions say? How does this relate? That's what they're thinking in their mind. 
And so he had to basically teach them verses 21 through the end of the chapter to kind of say, here's how it relates. This is how this teaching relates to your system of religion. And verse 20 really becomes key in this whole passage because basically what he says in verse 20 is God's standard is higher than yours. That's what he's telling them. What you now know as the righteous standard, he's telling the Jews of the day, it's unacceptable. God is not going to accept you based on your standard. He's going to accept you based on His standard. And they're going to say, hey, wait a minute, Jesus. Who do you think you are? We obey. We're scribes. We obey the law of God. That's what their answer to Him would be. And what He has to say is, hey, wait a minute, not at all. What you guys have done is you have taken the law of God as He's given it to Moses and you realize that you could never keep that. So then you came up with all these oral traditional laws. You know, kind of you can't carry a stick on a Sabbath. You can't do this. And then you think by fulfilling all these silly things that you came up with that aren't even part of God's law. They're just traditional. Traditions that are handed down. You think that somehow by fulfilling all these obligations that you're somehow keeping God's law. And what Jesus is saying is, you, you wouldn't really know God's law if it hit you in the face. I have to tell you once again what it is. Because you've lost it. And that's why he says in verses 17 to 18 of our previous text in Matthew 5, don't think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. And he goes on and he talks about how the law will remain till heaven and earth pass away. Not one jot, not one little stroke, not one little tittle shall in no way pass from the law. In other words, what Jesus is trying to explain to his Jewish friends here of the day, I'm not going to tolerate anybody who sets aside even one of God's commands. And what you have is not God's law. Therefore, I have to redefine it for you because you're a little mixed up in your thinking. And that's exactly what he begins to do in chapters 5 through 7. He begins to redefine God's law for them because it was lost in all their oral traditions and all the stuff that they came up with that they thought they were keeping God's law. They contain Jesus' explanation of what he said basically in verses 17 through 20. Now you look at verse 21 in the very beginning here and you go down through this whole section. You're going to see one key phrase that stands out over and over and over again. And it's kind of a a heads-up thing that says, okay, I'm giving you another illustration of how your law doesn't line up with God's law. And the phrase is this, you have heard that it was said to those of old. And you'll see it over and over again. You'll see it six times, basically, verses 21 to 22. It's right there. It's also down in verses 27 to 28. He starts a new section there. Verses 31, once again, furthermore, it has been said. Verse 33, again, you have heard it, that it was said of those of old. Verse 38, you have heard that it was said. Verse 43, you have heard that it was said. Jesus, bam, 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 goes through this thing like clockwork. And he says, look, here's what God's law says. Here's what you are saying. And he basically points out six illustrations of how he wants to relate their system to God's law. And Jesus is basically telling them, your religion teaches you that. (laughs) But you know what? You should be doing this. This is what God's word says. He's not comparing himself with the Old Testament. He's not raising the standard higher than the law of God. He's not taking what Moses had said. He's not talking about that. He's talking about something they came up with purely on their own. 
Jesus is talking about their religious system, what it taught. And what he's telling them is your standard is way too low. And what he means by that is you can go through each illustration and you can see where he says, you know what, you only worry about murder. Physically taking another's life with malice. Well, God doesn't necessarily look at that. He looks at the heart. And he says, you know what, it's not only the physical act of murder, but if you have hate in your heart for your neighbor, it's the same thing. He says, you know what, you only worry about adultery or fornication. Well, God says that if there's lust in the heart, it's the exact same thing. See, God's standard deals with our attitude, not just with our actions. And he's pointing out to them, you just deal with the action end of things. The internal things are what God is really looking for. And it's interesting when he picks out his illustration and he begins to share this with them, he kind of does it in sets of two. And the first two are obviously taken from the Ten Commandments. He says, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, the first two things he talks about in verse 21, you have said of old, you shall not murder. And then the, the second thing, therefore, also, he said he talks about uh, adultery down a little further. In verse 27, you have said that you should not commit adultery. You've heard this. So the first two are, are dealing specifically with the Ten Commandments. And then the second two illustrations, he kind of uses the more general law, the Mosaic writings, which are more general. They're not from the Ten, but they're more general. They deal with social relationships. They deal with divorce and oaths and different things like that. And then lastly, the last two deal with the whole subject of love. He, you can see him kind of broadening his horizon here as he speaks to them. And in effect, what he's saying is that God has standards such as those regarding murder, such as those regarding adultery. And that affects the very core, the foundation of every society. just had the opportunity to go to a, a pastor's kind of a overnight thing. It was kind of interesting. I got this email saying that it's this complimentary thing at the Fairmont Hotel. <laughs> so I said, this can't be complimentary. This, something's wrong here. So I registered for it, my wife and I, and it was Thursday night and it was being hosted by Tim and Bev LaHaye and I'd gone to their school, so that kind of caught my interest and, and uh, it was done by the Renewal, uh, California Renewal Project. And uh, the whole idea of this thing was to, to call people back to the roots of this nation, this great nation in which we live, but also to um, the political end of the thing was to, to get the people in your pews registered and get them out to vote. It's an important thing, important election coming up. But the whole thing was paid for. Hotel, dinner, breakfast, lunch. I mean, it was, it was wonderful. And I said, okay, when are they taking the offering? Man, I think I'm taking an offering. They're, they're going to ask for donations somewhere along this thing. You know, get the checkbook ready. You know, we'll put 20 bucks in there or something. It's not going to pay for the hotel, but we can't afford this anyway. And I'm thinking, you know, this is too good to be true. And, and sure enough, the next day, um, Friday, uh, after the... Uh, during the, I think it was during the luncheon or after the, the breakfast, uh, the one guy got up and he goes, now just let you know, this whole thing was complimentary. And it is complimentary. And actually the couple that paid for this whole thing is sitting right here. And not that they want to be recognized, but just to let you know, you could welcome them. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, probably, I don't know, 500 some people. Uh, you know, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000. And they've done this over and over, not just here, but in every state. And one of the guys that, that, that went to this, this, uh, this, this uh, event, 
you know, we, we were talking, and, it, and it's interesting that a lot of our culture, a lot of our things, as we sat through these presentations, and it wasn't political. It was more what the founding fathers believed. And, and I mean, it was amazing, some of the things. I mean, I was dumbfounded when I walked out of there going, boy, I didn't even know that. And hopefully we're going to be getting some of these resources into your hands uh, pretty soon. But the important thing that, that I walked away with was, you know what? What we believe, the standard that we have, even in our own personal lives, affects our society. So if we want to sit by as the church, as the California passes some homosexual agenda, and we just sit here within the four walls and go, oh, well, you know, it doesn't affect me. Oh, yes, it does affect you. In, in more way than one. And, and it's so important that we realize that there's a, a kind of a, a culture here that is eroding the foundation of America. And so you see here that he first deals with the first two the, the commandments from the Ten Commandments. Then he talks about the general law. Then he talks about basically the whole subject of love. And he starts off saying, if you don't have some kind of a foundation, a moral compass regarding murder and adultery, you're going to have problems. And beyond that, if you don't have some kind of moral compass in your social relationships, you're going to see, you know, you know, different things in different societies, but for the most part, it's not going to be good. And then finally, if you can't extend that love into the personal area of our lives and personal relationships, then we're going to have more problems. And these are the, the six illustrations that Jesus uses as we walk through this text. And basically what he's saying, in every aspect of life, whether it's the individual, whether it's the family, whether it's the social gatherings, we should characteristically have righteousness on the inside first. A righteousness that affects the behavioral standards of the way we act. See, we've got it all wrong today. We think that somehow if we act a certain way, it doesn't matter what's in our heart. Well, it does matter. It matters very much. And the religious system of Jesus' day didn't have that definition. It said, no, no, it's just the external. <laughs> you know, we just wear these robes and we do all this stuff. And, you know, we follow all these rules and regulations and therefore God loves us more and, and we look good and, and all this. And Jesus said one's righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees to be pleasing to God. And what he was saying was to them, it was a shock. It blew them out of the water. They thought, who do you think you are? But he also wanted them to understand that he didn't come to lay aside the law of God. What he came to do, as one commentator said it so perfectly, he came to strip the rabbinical barnacles off the law of God to make it as pure as it was when God gave it by lifting it back to where it belonged. See, God had always been concerned with the attitudes of our heart. Always. That wasn't anything new. It was just that the people of Israel had lowered the standard so much with all their oral stuff, oral traditions, oral this, do this, do that. And consequently, they needed to be reminded that, you know what, what matters is what's on the inside. This group of people were justifying themselves by what they didn't do while their hearts were full of murder, lust, lies, hate, and anger. It's, it's so important to understand that. One, one speaker at this event, it was a uh, congressman, a former congressman, born-again Christian. He was sharing and he said, you know what, I'm going to sum up politics in two easy words. Politics basically equals, and he had this up and it said it's pi, so I remember it. Politics equals I for integrity plus E for economics. That's what politics is all about. 
And you stop and you think about it. That's true. You want to elect somebody who's going to be, what, frugal with our money, but we also want to invite, elect someone who's going to be, um, have integrity. And he went on, and he, he went on to define the economic issue, and we're not going to get into that, but he also went on and he gave a good definition of integrity. He said, basically, integrity is two things. Integrity is morality. Morality is what? Not doing the wrong thing. That's what morality is. Our desire here at Graceful Truth is to see that you're growing in Christ, growing in grace. It's our prayer that here at Graceful Truth, God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. And we trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for praise and worship at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up through grade five. If you'd like to encourage us here at Graceful Truth, the program, please give us a call here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. Here's our phone number, 650-366-9923. Again, that's 650-366-9923. Or you can visit us on the web at gracefultruth.org. Again, that's gracefultruth.org. If you would like to visit us for worship, Sunday services, our directions and information can be found again at our website, gracefultruth.org, or you can call us at 650-366-9923. If you're writing to us, the address is 2225 Euclid, Redwood City, California. The zip code is 94061. You can also use that address as well on your GPS if you'd like to join us for worship. Again, 2225 Euclid, Redwood City, California, 94061. Well, as we remember those who have fallen this Memorial Day weekend, our teacher and pastor, Stephen Converse, returns once again for a final thought on what we are looking at this weekend and what we're remembering on Memorial Day weekend. Stephen? Thanks, Andy. I'd like to share just a few brief thoughts with our listening audience this weekend. I trust that this series on the ABCs of Discipleship has been a blessing to your hearts as we've worked our way through Matthew chapter 10 these past few weeks. We have covered what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ in the most basic terms. We have looked at how a disciple is a follower of Christ, treated like Christ, should be content to be like Christ. A disciple does not fear the world but rather confesses Christ before others, puts Christ before even his own family, follows Christ anywhere, and brings blessing to others. One principle we also find in Scripture when it comes to being a disciple of Christ is a very simple one stated for us in the Gospel of Luke chapter 14, and that is the willingness to die to self on a daily basis and live for Christ. The Scripture says that we should be willing to take up our cross daily. And that cross was known as an instrument of death. This is often a message that is forgotten in what I like to call our me-focused society today. Scripture speaks to these times and warns us that they would come, and I believe that they are here. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul writes, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. Beloved, that truly 
describes the day and age in which we live. We trust that this series has given you the encouragement, biblical principles, and scriptural support needed to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you've been listening to our programs these past several weeks and would like to review the messages in your own personal time, I just wanted to let you know that you can go online to our website at gracefultruth.org and all the aired messages are online and available to stream or download at no charge to you. Once again, the website is www.gracefultruth.org. If there's some of you out there, and I know there are, that do not have internet access, well, there's hope. I just want you to feel free to write us here at Graceful Truth, 2225 Euclid Avenue in Redwood City, California, 94061. Once again, the address is Graceful Truth, 2225 Euclid Avenue. That's spelled E-U-C-L-I-D Avenue. Redwood City, California, 94061. We would love to be able to send you out a copy of the messages on CD at no charge to you. If you could include a small donation to cover the shipping charges, that would be very much appreciated. You can also call us here at the Graceful Truth Program, 650-366-9923. Once again, the number is 650-366-9923. 9923. And please leave your mailing information and phone number, contact information, and we'll be sure to mail you out this series for those of you who don't have internet access on the ABCs of discipleship. Well, in closing, Paul refers to his disciple Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 to 3 as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He writes, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. I would like to use that as a transition to just acknowledge and say thanks to our military servicemen and women this Memorial Day weekend. May I remind you, the Bible says to give up your life for another is the ultimate sacrifice. It's the ultimate sign of love. And this Memorial Day weekend is a wonderful time to remember the military personnel who have died for our country's freedom. And when you run across one of those military men or women serving actively in our military today, I pray that you would uh, just reach out to them and be sure to acknowledge their service to our country with a simple word of thanks, or maybe even pick up their tab for a cup of coffee at the local coffee shop or even at the local restaurant, pick up their tab for them and their family to show your appreciation for their service to our country. Well, once again, I just want to thank you for listening to the Graceful Truth program each weekend. And it would be a wonderful encouragement to us here at Graceful Truth to hear from you about how this program has been a blessing to your hearts. I pray that you would contact us on the web, gracefultruth.org. All the information is up there. Or you can simply call us here at the Graceful Truth radio program, 650-366-9923. 650-366-9923. 
Once again, our address, if you'd like to write, to request the free ABCs of Discipleship series on CD, the address is Graceful Truth, 2225 Euclid Avenue, Redwood City, California, 94061. Well, we here at Graceful Truth will be praying for you and your families that you will have a wonderful and safe Memorial Day weekend. Now, here's Andy to close out our program today. Thanks, Steve. And friend, again, thank you for joining us today. As I mentioned a moment ago, it is our hope and prayer that God would reveal his grace to your hearts through the teaching of his word and the preaching of his word each week here on Graceful Truth. I'll leave you with our address and phone number once again in case you'd like to contact us. That phone number is 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. Or you can write to us at 2225 Euclid, Redwood City, California. The zip code is 94061. As always, all that information can be found at our website, as well as other resource materials. You can even download past sermons by Pastor Steve on your iPod there, gracefultruth.org. That's gracefultruth.org. As Stephen mentioned just a moment ago, it is our hope and prayer that these programs encourage you in Christ, and we'd love to hear from you if they are. That phone number again is 650-366-9923. If you get a moment, would you give us a call? It would mean a great deal to us. Again, thank you for spending time with us on this Memorial Day weekend edition of Graceful Truth. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next week at this same time for another broadcast of Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse.